Are you going to get close to the mic this time? Is your butt going to get close to the mic this time? It always is. <laughs> you didn't know I have this third mic back here? <laughs> Don't say back here. Well, it is. Mm, well. Whose butt isn't back <laughs> there? I don't know. It makes me upset. We are about to have our second, our second guest, guest feature, guest feature. So, welcome to this new episode. <laughs> I guess they're already here. We're about to call Beth Ann. That's right. My sister, she is 18 months older than me in the birth order. Mm. Is this the one that your mom said was her, she loved more, was her favorite? No, it was kind of, it was sort of a universal, whoever was talking to her, whoever was complaining about some sort of So the statement wasn't true. Okay. Yeah, it was like whoever was complaining. Mm Mm-hmm. Why does that one get this thing? Right. I don't get. She'd say, because I like them better. Yeah. And then she'd say, but you're my favorite. It didn't matter who was complaining. Mm-hmm. So we've all been both her favorite and also been liked better than the rest of them. How do your kids respond when you use that? Mostly in shock and horror. <laughs> like you did. Yeah. And they'll do it to their kids. Yep. Looking forward to the generational shock and horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well... Let's give Beth Ann a call. Let's do it. All right. Um, hey, thanks so much for joining us. I know you've been like just hounding us about getting on air. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I've been doing. <laughs> Beth Ann has sent us a text uh, every day since we started this asking us to be on this podcast. <laughs> yep. Just been dying to be on No. <laughs> Actually, did you get the call today like your mom did from Laura? Yeah, she told me to pick up the phone at eight. <laughs> Hers was a, her call was a little more verbally abusive than my mom's. Oh, mom was a little more agreeable. More? Yeah, or a lot more. Well, probably a lot, but mom caves under verbal abuse very quickly. Oh, you hold up pretty pretty strongly. <laughs> All right, hey, look. Uh, let's start with the real important stuff here. Tell us, have you been listening to our podcast? Yes, I am behind. Oh my goodness. Same with your mother. Why do you guys hate my life's work? <laughs> um. It's okay. I have no good excuse. Yeah. It's all right. Except that I just live in the bleachers. Okay, well, well, when you say behind... Did you listen to past episode one? Like the first episode? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not going to lie, guys. When you when you started talking and everyone started with episode four, uh-huh. that got confusing. Did I it? Too start, it did. Mm. I too started at four, and then I quickly realized, this is kind of weird to start here. That's so I great. I started looking at it. You're not the only one. What happened was... The Apple podcast, the way that they put the order of the episodes in, goes from like most recent, Reef. and then as you go down, it's the oldest. So that makes sense why you'd make that error. Yeah. Well, when it, right. it just popped up and started playing. So, 
But I quickly figured out that I didn't think that that's where you guys would start. Right. (laughs) Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Bethann, about your family, your life, your hopes and dreams, your primary sin struggle? Oh, yeah, go deep real quick. <laughs> just kidding. Just give us a little quick bio. Um, I'm married. I have four children. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Riveting stuff. Boom. Whatever. Okay. You own your own business. Oh. Tell us about it. That's, no. It's hardly, I, I do not own my own business. Okay. So best hands modest. Tell Christmas and Lowell that. <laughs> oh man, this has gotten weird. Why don't you Real explain fast. Christmas and Lowell? Yeah, because I don't know what you're saying right now. No, Lowell. How do you spell Lowell? Lowell, L O W E L L. I'll explain. I'll brag on you. Oh. So Bethann started a business. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> this is awful. And she makes everything from like wedding invitations to cakes mm-hmm. to programs and bulletins and graduation cards and invitations. And she does all this like stuff with paper and treats. Yeah, I've seen some. It's beautiful. Yeah, she does a great job. And then there's this event called Christmas. Is it in Lowell or is it through Lowell? Through. <laughs> through Lowell. Less time saying Lowell <laughs> would be the best option. So it's it's called Lowell through Lowell. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so basically, people in Lowell, Michigan. <laughs> okay, nobody wants to hear this. None of your listeners. All of our listeners. <laughs> um. Listen, they're not going to hear it for like a hundred years if they're all behind like you and mom. That's true. They're still on episode four, confused <laughs> about the chapstick move. Uh, uh, yes, that's uh, actually where it started. It was it? <laughs> that was the one? Well, that was a good start. That's really funny. It's a good move. Anyways, they get mega traffic at this like traveling craft fair where people buy all their stuff. Okay. Hmm. All right, fine, deny it, but she's got really beautiful products. Yeah. She stores all her money in a lunchbox. <laughs> For a long time it was. Was it really? Uh, yeah, it wasn't like, something like that. Like a pink Hello Kitty lunchbox? I don't know. I can't remember at this point, but it was something ridiculous, I'm sure. So tell us more like about that lunchbox. <laughs> But then this is our whole podcast. Yeah, this have you been? Wait, us. I was gonna say, have you been listening? No, you haven't been listening. But you'd realize this is about the content we give out. <laughs> this is our baseline. All right, let's jump in. So, one of the questions we asked mom was about kind of life before Adam's acts and life after. Like, what the change in the grief process has been for her. And I'm curious about for you, um, since I started doing this kind of very public processing of the grief, like what was your initial reaction and how has it impacted your own grief process? My initial reaction is 
you got to be kidding me. I don't want to do this. Wow. And by I don't want to do this, it doesn't mean I didn't want to do all these wonderful acts of kindness to people. But I just I think we all know I tend to grieve a little more privately. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I just prefer to live in oblivion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot easier that way. Um, so my initial reaction was, oh, good job, Laura. You go and do that. Leave me out of it. But after a while, I, I guess I joined in the movement, and um, I don't know, it turned into kind of a comical thing for me because that seemed to be better for me um, than to just, I don't know, I I handle things better with comedy than just crying all the time. Sure. So I tried to to do little stuff like that to make um, my family laugh or giggle and make some friends laugh just to make it a little more lighthearted so they would feel comfortable to join in also that it didn't have to be some huge, serious It's like super heavy. Thing. Yeah, that's good. It kind of changed for me from the beginning to when I started. Mm-hmm when I moved through it a little more. Do you feel like you let yourself access any of that heavy stuff? Like, did it change your grief process in any way? Um, I mean, it's really hard to grieve that when you, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I, I did not properly grieve when I was younger. I mean, yeah. properly trying to grieve that as an adult is like mortifying when it's been, you know, a while later. So I have definitely tried to be more adult in my grieving, but it's still pathetic, not going to lie. When you say mortifying, do you mean like almost like feeling embarrassed that you're still where you were oh, so many yeah. years ago? I'm, I'm yeah. embarrassed and a shame that I, I shouldn't say a shame. I'm not ashamed that I'm still terribly, terribly sad, mm-hmm. but um, it just doesn't go away. Like people think it should, or think it does with time. Um, mm-hmm. it, time softens, but it doesn't mm-hmm. heal all the wounds as the right. saying goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm being completely honest, it wasn't until your Adam's Act stuff. I had never told anyone about uh, what had happened um, or very, very few people knew. Wow. So when it was public, there were people who were texting me like, hey, any relation to a Laura Capuano? Wow. Mm. And I'm like, oh, you're going down. <laughs> I outed you big time. Why Why do you think you didn't share that with people who were close to you? Oh, man. You know, I mean, I have a very hard time <clears throat> opening up to people because I think or in my experience, a lot of them eventually just 
let you down really badly. And I didn't want, I didn't want to give anyone, if you're going to let me down because, you know, I suck and, you know, whatever, you just don't really like me. Okay. But I don't, I just didn't want it to be attached to my brother. I just didn't want, I didn't want to be hurt because you didn't care enough about what I went through. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't really give many people the opportunity because I, I wanted friends. <laughs> yeah. Like a general rejection. A is general rejection thing, is horrible. I mean, that's, that's bad enough. Yeah, it's bad enough. I mean, it's, it's terrible. But then to let people into all that pain and then still like let you down or reject you is like really very painful. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good, Bethann. Yeah, it, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. It's why we all guard, right? And that's in romantic relationships or in friendships. Yeah. It's what we are all doing at all times is we're living in this space that's superficial enough to feel safe. Yeah, and there's no wrong way to grieve. It's uh, I think a lot of people go through life just avoiding grieving as well. Mm-hmm. So even the fact the place where you're at now, I don't know if I would ever get there, you know, to be honest. And, you know, the dozen times I've been able to hang out with you and Dan, <laughs> and it's the best thing ever. Um, oh, we are pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> um. I would never know that you went through that. And and just to see where you're at now is, I think, a a testimony of who you are and and the person that you are. So I, I mean, gosh, without a better way of saying it, applaud you for your way of of grieving and facing it. It's, I think that's, that speaks a lot of who you are. Well, thank you. (laughs) I receive that. (laughs) Receive that blessing. Oh, how, what about the kids and Dan? Have you guys gotten them involved in Adam's Axe at all? And what does that look like for you guys? Yeah, they do. They do stuff every day. Um, I mean, Tegan's are usually pathetic. (laughs) Okay. Tell us a little bit about Tegan, like age and what her pathetic kindnesses are. Tegan is, uh, six. She is in first grade. And um, she's literally the cutest thing you'll ever see. She is so cute. Um, but no, she just, you know, she doesn't totally understand. I mean, she obviously gets being kind to other people or whatever, but her kindnesses are like, oh, um, I picked up a box and <laughs> it's just it's just ridiculous kind of stuff. It's just yeah. really... Um, she usually can't remember anything nice that she did. <laughs> um, Brinley, you know, she she is my nine-year-old. She is in fourth grade. She, you know, loves to hold those doors open for people. <laughs> <laughs> That's her mission. That's her go-to when... Yeah. My kids are big in picking up something that's been dropped. Yep. It's like, oh, cool, guys. Way to stretch yourself. <laughs> I'm like, guys, we got to... This is reaching. I mean, if we can't do better than this, then we 
have no business airing this out publicly. Uh, this is embarrassing. That's funny. Um, and then the boys, Brecken, he is 12. He's in sixth grade. He uh, and my oldest, actually, Tyson, who is a freshman this year, he, they're, they're, they're pretty good. They do a lot with special needs kids, and they do think a little more outside the box. Tyson likes to tape money to um, – well, he likes to attempt to tape money to the vending machine at school. Um, but at one point, the, the vending machines were, like, closed until a certain time because kids were eating junk too early. <laughs> so he's like, that fail. Your 8 a.m. Hershey bar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no, they're pretty good. They they go out of their comfort zones a little more. Um, they're a little bit better about um, being pushed a little more. That's cool. But yeah, well, I will say I think that you guys have done a really good job modeling generosity for for your kids, um, just in a general sense, not just in October, but they're. I think they're exposed to you guys living in a way that's really kind and generous just all the time. So I think that's probably going to come very naturally to them, even little Tegan as she grows and stops mm-hmm. just picking up a box. She's going to get there. Yeah. But for now, with that box, girl, <laughs> might be heavy. Right. Well, thank you for that. We really do try. It really is important to us that our kids know that they matter and that everyone matters and that the people who don't feel like they matter, we want them to find them. And it's just, that's just always been really important to us. Yeah. Do you think that Adam's death shaped that for you? Like that desire to make people feel seen and cared for and like you, when you get to episode 11, You'll hear Jonathan <laughs> ask that question of how has it shaped you and do you feel like uh, Frizinga not going to jail kind of created a sense of injustice and a heart for the underdog and that sort of thing. And I felt like it did, but I'd love to hear from your perspective. I mean, it absolutely did. I do think that I do come by it naturally like I, I i am a justice seeker i think by nature um but i absolutely always root for the underdog and i absolutely have been shaped and changed because of everything that happened i mean what i didn't notice before i certainly noticed afterward um in terms of you know, injustices or just how people, if they weren't being treated right. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that when an unjust situation <laughs> happened to myself or something that it's not necessarily my strong suit, but if there is something happening or going on for someone else or the underdog or whatever it may be, I, we certainly, I mean, we just care. I definitely care. Yeah, you're affected. Yeah, I think that's for me a a huge I think again, and I said this in episode 11 that I think we all kind of come by that naturally. Like we are just a family of empaths that will cry if you drop your bagel, but yep. 
I do cream think cheese that. side down too. Yeah, I said that. She said <laughs> cream cheese side down. I literally said that word for word. Uh, yeah, that is awful. It makes <laughs> me feel so bad for people. I, I think we are a family of empaths. Or one time when a ref slipped on an ice cube on the court during a basketball game, everyone was laughing. I was crying in the stands. <laughs> oh, slipped on an ice cube? Yeah, someone, some kid threw an ice cube out in the court. Oh, no. I know. It was terrible. Poor ref. I know. See, we're all a bunch yeah. of softies. <laughs> we'll always say poor ref. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's good stuff, Bethann. I think you're right. I think that that sense of like an unsatisfied desire for justice does kind of drive that natural inclination that we all have. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that in my bones. <laughs> oh. Also, right. on the t- topic of bagel, uh, this is coming from the one who threw their children's bagel out the window on a road trip. Okay, not true. It was a waffle, and oh. it was not a road trip. It was just on the way to preschool. Okay. <laughs> it was a regular day. I don't remember why, but I was real big on following through on threats at that time. Mm-hmm. But that didn't stop me from making unreasonable threats. And Marley kept saying something like wanting something else or asking for something or complaining about her waffle, which was a fawful at the time. Uh-huh. And I got, I just reached a breaking point and I was like, if you say that one more time, I will frisbee your fawful into the median. Oh. And I was dead serious. Poor and Marley. she said it one more time and I grabbed that fawful and I literally Frisbee'd just it. F- flung it. And I just saw it, and she remembered her little hand, her chubby hand going out. She goes, "My fawful." Oh, I know. Beth Ann, have you ever thrown your children's breakfast out the window? You have no idea how much stuff I've done. <laughs> I would love to just hear a podcast full of those stories. I have popped so many. Like I drop kick their balls. Like they're the. Oh, guys, you got to edit that out. No, we won't. <laughs> that's perp. That's gold. Nope, that's... Your mom said boner on the last episode, so we're keeping dropkick your balls. So far, we're two for two on the balls comments. The the provincial perv is wow. strong on these episodes. Well, I literally... You'll dropkick a ball so fast. <laughs> I literally will punt them outside if they... Well, I deserve something. it. Yeah. They totally do. <laughs> Listen, no regrets. Well, there's some, but... Some, well, probably many. Thank I totally you. regret the fawful frisbee, but... Um, all right, hey, Bethann. Yeah. I love you, Bill. Thanks for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. This was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It was totally your pleasure. Yeah, guys, finally. Terrible. <laughs> it was so good. Who People are you gonna kidding? love it. No, we... they're not. Listen, none of that negative self-talk. This is a safe and positive space that we've created. No. <laughs> yes. We love you. We appreciate you being on and love you. Look forward to um 
you feeling horrified about it all. I know. This is this is going to be horrifying. Act of kindness to yourself. Just tell yourself how great you are when you hang up the phone. Oh, yeah. Oh, get right okay. on that. All right. She's got that on the loop already. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right. Hey, great job. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. I love you guys. Bye, Bethann. Love you. Bye. So Bethann was good, though. Yeah, she did a great job. So vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I What I was saying to her after the episode was, I feel like, or after that interview was, I feel like while I, I think people can relate to the things that I feel I think a lot more people will relate to her process, like Mm -hmm. her being more private and her being more like, I don't trust people with this. I'm like more like a foolish chocolate lab that's like, Mm. everybody want to hear what I think? (laughs) Everyone is going to be nice to me about it. And she's like, no, they won't. And she's right, Mm -hmm. to be clear. But just that kind of that self-protective kind of side and that sort of... I don't know, just processing through all that in such a different way. I think people will really relate to that, and I think she did a great job. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a good rest of the month. Keep up the Adam Zacks. Keep hashtagging Adam Keep sharing. Zacks. Yep, 31 Days of Kindness. And y'all are doing great. We love seeing all the stories. It's actually been really cool. Yeah, it is really great. Don't forget, yeah, feel free to tag me. Mm-hmm. Or a Master of Fun podcast yes. in your posts. Love yeah. it. Do it all. Do it. And for these ones, feel free to tag Bethann Provencal Man, spelled yes. M-A-N-N with two N's. Double N. Because Double Dan N- Man is too much man for just one N. That's, <laughs> that's what they say. Yep. So okay. with that, shout out to you, Dan. <laughs> we'll be uh, here f- next week. That's right. All right. With Kristen. With Kristen. Okay, love y'all. Bye.